Blog Talk Radio. Join us as we travel into the inner workings of John Cheney's mind. Beyond Midcourt is another dimension. A dimension of pressure. A dimension of coverage. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land. Two slow-footed white guys, incapable of playing man-to-man. Of help-side defense and active hand. You've just crossed half-court into the matchup zone. Kane is in the building. What up, people? This is the Matchup Zone. This is Kevin Owens call or uh, live here from the new studio. Uh, welcome again. New format. We have uh, me every week. Luckily for you, uh, Mike has the day off today. Uh, we have a little, a few other guest hosts who will be joining us from time to time. We have Hank Davis, Mike Davis, Adam Bergen. Uh, we have Dave Hibbs. And then, of course, Mike, uh, when he's not down the shore. So we got a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, first and foremost, I think the one thing that I uh, have a big pet peeve with is the uh, jersey burning. And coming from a former athlete, I think it's like a big deal. I think it's something that uh, kind of needs to stop and uh, something that, I mean, people are going to be entitled to do what they want. It's their money. It's their jerseys. It's their things. But uh, the actual thought that someone would take a jersey burn it it's plea after you know like it would almost kind of disrespect the athlete in that way is, is a little frustrating just because i think there's a lot of people who don't really understand uh that this is a business and if it's a business for the athlete side and the ownerships or the ownership side it just needs to be a business for the athlete side that being said i mean uh there's it's, it's really frustrating because i think a lot of times the business uh, can do what they want. You know, I've been released by teams. I've been cut by teams overseas and it sucks, but guess what? The things life goes on. I'm not sitting there. If I decided to leave a team, no one's burning my Jersey. Uh, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. I shouldn't have my Jersey burn if I leave the team, but then they can cut me at any time. And I think that's the biggest frustration. I think the thing that pissed a lot of people off on and a lot of other guys this week was the fact that Isaiah Thomas had his jersey burned and he got traded. Like, how stupid do you have to be? And I think, you know, fans are just dumb. And I think fans don't really understand that it's a business and they they look at it like you, like, slap them in the face, like it's a relationship. But it's not really a relationship. I mean, I think a lot of people think that athletes, you know, they go out of their way, they do a lot of things, they're going in the community and working and stuff. But, uh I don't know. It's just, it's frustrating to kind of have uh, an athlete be put in that situation where they're burning his jersey and things like that. Uh, again, like I said, we have a lot of co-hosts. So those co-hosts will join us here and there. Uh, Mike Davis is one of our co-hosts. He uh, actually lives in Chicago, but he uh, joins us. He'll be joining us week in and week out, you know, when he's, so uh, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Well, my pleasure, Kevin. You know, I, 
I was just thinking about what you were saying, and I, you know, I wish I was in the position where people even cared enough about me to burn a jersey for me. But, you know, I think a good example of how people are just treating sports like entertainment to me would be like, I love the show The Office. So if Mm -hmm. I ran into Steve Carell on the street, I would treat him like Michael Scott because that's just, because that's what I want him to be. And unfortunately, that's not who he is. And Mm -hmm. it's a character and it's entertainment. And I think sometimes sports fans build up athletes and these franchises into something more than they really are. It's a business. And that's what it's, it's frustrating, you know, as an athlete or not anymore, but as a former athlete, I think that's like the most frustrating thing is people look at it, you know, like it's like this personal thing. Like you're, you're like, I'm supposed to go out of my way and like help all of them. And it's just like, well, we pay your salaries. Like we, 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 we come to the games. You come to watch a team. Some people come to watch athletes. I mean, look at, look at what happens when like Golden State comes to the Philadelphia or, you know, a big time team like the Patriots come in. People are there to see a player. They're see, there to see Brady. They're see, there to see Steph Curry. Uh, Cleveland comes in. They're there to see LeBron. But it's like the, there's there's more because you're rooting for a city. I mean, you have a long list of people. But guess what? I'm going to be an Eagles fan year in and year out no matter who they get. It, I might not have liked every decision they made, but I was still an Eagles fan. So you, that, that's the one thing. When you're burning jerseys and you make it like you know a personal attack on a player – but that per, that player then has to, there's like an obligation like they have to do what's well for the team, but the team at the same time can just you know can it can treat it like a business, and no one seems to care when the team treats it like a business. Definitely, and listen, any any reaction is good reaction for ownership and the league itself. So it's not like a burning of a jersey is something that people members of the the franchise and the league are like gathering to be upset about it's it's Mm -hmm. conversation they love it so uh, i try not to focus on it because it's frustrating i can't and for a guy like isaiah i mean i I can't believe that yeah well that one's tough i mean isaiah got traded i mean like i get the kevin durant you know kevin durant's gonna you know he did that whatever he did to his legacy whether good or bad, you know, getting a championship, but at the same time kind of costing himself, like, the, the, the name-calling, the things that he's dealing with now. I mean, it doesn't really matter because he's okay with what he did. Even taking a pay cut this year, he's okay with it. So, I mean, if he's okay yeah. with it, the fans are going to hate, the fans are going to do what, whatever, but at the same time, when he goes to sleep at night, he's going to go down as one of the best players in NBA history. He's going to go down as a champion. And what are people going to remember? Like, you know, people still do remember LeBron's thing, but at the same time, he's going to go down as one of the top three basketball players ever to live. So I just think that – I think it's just – it's one of those things where, you know, when you treat it like a business, it's got to be a business all the way through. Because, I mean, I've been cut by teams, and it sucks, but it's a business. Like, I understand what they're doing. I understand why they did it. I held a grudge, but at the same time, you know, it's whatever. But I mean, it just, yeah. it's like the, it's it's getting so much recognition. Every time a player leaves, there's like there it goes. The jerseys go in the fireplace, and it's like almost just that yeah. you know, it's it symbolizes something a little a little personal. I just think it's you know, right. anytime. Well, I, burn, I think this is this is huge for the NBA. I think this trade is is a uh, it's fantastic because we had this dichotomy occurring where it was just a league 
consisting of the Warriors and the Cavaliers. And now I really think this, this not only stirs the pot, but I think this really makes Boston a, a true contender. I really do because I'm a big fan of Isaiah. I just do not think he could put a team over the top when it comes playoff time. It's it's no. just too physical, you know, and I think we saw that happen. And it's not that, you know, Kyrie doesn't have the same athleticism of a, as a Russell Westbrook or something, but he's sneakily athletic. He's a finisher. I think he's he could be maybe the best finisher in the league, prob, definitely the best ball handler in the league. So I want to see what he can do without LeBron, but he's got a good supporting cast. It's, it's going to be fascinating. I think like I think the Celtics are set up better right now than the Cavaliers, and a lot of people might disagree with me, but I look at the Celtics and you have Hayward, and you have uh, you know Kyrie, and you have like these you Horford. know yeah Horford, you have you know uh, Tatum, and you have these good a young team and a young nucleus, and like guys who you know can move with and move and play team basketball. I think Cleveland's going to be in for an awakening. I mean, Derrick Rose is used to having the ball in the, his hands. LeBron's used to having the ball in his hands. Isaiah's used to having the ball in the hands. I don't understand how the dynamic is going to work when they all kind of right. get together. It's going to take some time, well, and it's just going to be an odd weird. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, Brad Stevens knows what he's doing, and there's going to be a lot of interesting – it's going to be almost like a hockey situation where I think the lineup configurations are endless for this team. I mean, I think to see the combo of Marcus Smart and Kyrie is going to be interesting. I think, you know, they can go big, they can go small. I'm missing Avery Bradley and Crowder will hurt, but it's going to be an interesting – situation. The thing I really was I've been dying to ask you though, just because mm-hmm. you played professional basketball, I mean, it's hard for me to understand you know, how athletes of that level, what's going on with their train of thought and thinking but I wanted to ask you this, I mean because we didn't really get to speak about this, but you know, Kyrie What's the deal here? I mean, how could you not want to play with the best basketball player, I mean, that you're ever going to be close to ever for for a guy like Kyrie? I mean, LeBron's top five easily. We can talk Mm -hmm. even top three maybe. But top five all time, it's it's a no-brainer. How could you not want to situate yourself with someone of that caliber? I, I just don't get it. Can you I try to explain I think there's a, I think from what I've read about what happened in Cleveland, I think there's a lot of and I kind of see it. I mean, when you're when you feel like, you know, it's it's like being a kid. You go off to college, you know, you're in you're you're growing up all through, you know, grade school, your parents are telling what you what to do. All through high school, you're trying to gain more independence, your parents are still telling you what to do. And then it's like you go off to college and you're like on your own for the first time but then your parents are still telling you what to do. So I feel like that's what, you know, it's like the, like your parents are coming into your dorm room and just like yelling at you and telling them, telling you to clean your room. Like I feel like Kyrie has kind of gotten to the point where, you know, he's been like LeBron's, you know, it's like the older brother thing. And he's constantly like, you know, do this, do this. And Kyrie's like, dude, I'm good. Like I, I'm the one who's making it. So it's like almost this ego kind of comes in and I get that ego because I I always thought Kyrie's getting a you know a raw deal. I mean he's he's good. 
And he's the one who's hitting the shots. Like, that's my biggest knock on LeBron is he's not the one hitting the shots. He's not the one taking over the game when it's on the line. He'll have 30 points and all these, you know, great stats. But when the game's on the line, LeBron's not the one doing it. Kyrie is. So Kyrie's kind of like – He does. I mean, he does. There's moments where he's a little smaller than he should be. But I I guess – I mean, as a player, when you were back then, would you – see yourself having those same feelings or would you be playing alongside a guy of that level of talent and just be like I'm going to cherish this and just like sort of like be around greatness I mean that's how it's, I would look at it it's, a, it's a, such a different NBA now I mean you look at the back then and it's so funny like they had the they have the Olympic channel now got added to Comcast so I'm sitting there watching the 92 dream team play Germany and I'm looking and I'm just like okay Clyde Drexler played for Portland for a long time, went to Houston, but like pretty much, you know, spent most of his time with one or two teams. Magic Johnson played for one team. Larry Bird played for one team. Michael Jordan played for one team. Really? I mean, you know, he just went to Washington at the end because he wanted to buy the team. A lot of these guys like all played for one team and unless it was towards the end of their career, they all played for one team. And now it's like everyone's – it's like you, you take the NBA and you put it – it's like Yahtzee. You put them all on the, on the thing and you throw them out, and the next year everything's completely different. So I think that's really why I think it's influence, influencing what these guys do. So a guy like Kyrie, in the old NBA, he would have been like Scottie Pippen. He would have been like, cool, let's just win championships because I'm going to be on the dream team. I'm going to be on all these teams. And everyone looks at Scottie and goes like, wow, like, you know – that's the comparison. Well, LeBron has this guy, but well, Jordan had Scottie Pippen. So, like, I think nowadays, though, the guys are like, you know what? I could do it. I'm, I want to do this on my own. Like, I want to go out there and show that I'm the man. Like, I don't want to be, to be with someone who's going to be always have the ball in his hands, who everyone's like, LeBron this, LeBron that. Like, I think the ego ch- takes kicks in, and it's not the same NBA where you have to stay in the same team. I think guys are like, screw it. I'm going and finding my own home. Like, I'm going to do my own thing. There's two elements there's two elements to really to zero in on here. So mm-hmm. one, this is LeBron. It's not Russell Westbrook. You know, when Durant tries to leave a situation where Russell Westbrook wants to be the guy, mm-hmm. it's you're not beside someone who is at the level of a guy like LeBron. I mean, LeBron is top five. I mean, LeBron, if you were going to start a team, he would be the first person you choose no matter what. It's almost like having – and people of that caliber have a, an effect that sometimes is extremely difficult to deal with. Like from everything I've read about Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs was a guy like that. It's a guy who has such supernatural ability and intuition and is just so off the charts – more remarkable than everybody else you come across. And sometimes people like that are just difficult to be around. But I think people who can embrace that and find a way to just deal with it, you get to be surrounded by greatness. And that's such a special thing. And I, I think that elevates play. And, you know, sometimes we can look back and, Maybe this is going to be a tremendous move for Kyrie, and we're going to see that he's going to be able to elevate himself to a whole level people didn't even imagine. Perhaps he couldn't even imagine, but definitely a risk. And you just start to wonder what's the motivating factors 
for these players. And it's clear that winning isn't always the end all be all. It's 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 situational, it's circumstances, it's it's all these different things and it's a job for these players. And that's what I think it comes down to. You know? I mean just like you have a job, like you you want your day in, day out work experience to be pleasurable because mm-hmm. you don't wanna have to go in and be miserable. So and I, it's it's got... it's funny that we have to consider that for <laughs> NBA players because from my vantage point that sounds ridiculous but it's the truth you know it really is because I mean just going back to my career like there's places that I played like when I was in Australia it was beautiful it was you know the weather was perfect I lived on the Great Barrier Reef on Cairns Australia I lived on a golf course on this resort uh it was beautiful like every day was nice you would go out, you would take day trips to the, to the Great Barrier Reef. You'd be able to, like, you know, it was the only spot. Like, you'd go visit the rainforest. Like, you'd be on the – there was so much to do, and it was so perfect and so beautiful. I got to travel all of Australia and go see all these cities. It was amazing. I played really well that year. I had a really good year, and I think it was because I was happy. You know, your, your life is better when, like, all of these things around you are happy. So I look at, you know, look at it like that because when I went to Korea – you know, I'm, I'm in a dorm, I'm away from my family, I'm away from everything. It's, it was, it was tough, you know, you're, you're told you had to practice two times a day, you know, they ran you to the core, uh, you know, I'm losing weight, I'm not eating, they don't really, everything that you do is completely regimented, there's no, like, free time, there's no free time to do anything, and you're in a place that's, like, cold, and it wasn't fun, like, the, the fun was taken out of it, it was a complete job. And it was like a hard job and you were just working day in and day out. And, and, and my legs were sore. It was horrible. And there was no reward from it. There was no, like, this is fun. And I think, you know, it was tough because I'm playing, I wasn't playing as well. And then I get hurt. It's just, it's just, you know, your, your body's worn down. I think it's just, it was a terrible situation. So when you look at these guys, Maybe Kyrie, you know, maybe he doesn't like Cleveland. Maybe he doesn't like, you know, the the guys that he's playing with because the guys he plays with are, are a big part of it too. You know, when you're playing with your friends, it's when you're working with your friends, it's fun. When you're working with people you hate, it sucks. So I think that's kind of what he was going through. Maybe he just didn't have a good chemistry with the guys in the team and going to practice every day was work for him. I mean, when you're on a good team where you like everyone, it's, it's different. It's true. And I think the element that everybody constantly overlooks is the fact that you know, this is a physical job. So, yeah. I mean, especially in things like football, clearly, and hockey, but even in basketball, like, you know, this is a job and a career where you're really putting your body on the line. And mm-hmm. there's multiple kinds of health issues that will arise in your later years. And, you know, you should be able to have a little bit of freedom to to do what you want to do if you're putting your body on the line like that. And yes, you know, players are heavily, you know, paid and it's great in that situation. But I still think, you know, you're putting your body on the line, especially in football. And if 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 you're not happy and you're you're risking that much, I think mm-hmm. players shouldn't be criticized as much as they are for the choices they make. I, I really do. 
I totally agree. I mean, it's true. Like football is ridiculous. I mean, that has to be the toughest league to play in just because, you know, there's no guarantee in your contract. You can be in the the pro bowl one year, then you blow your knee out. You're not guaranteed. You know, you come back and you suck. Like look at the dude who just got signed by the Steelers. Like he, he was, you know, he, he was really good pro bowl player, got hurt, came back, wasn't the same player. And now he's like, you know, just got released. And it's like, okay, who's going to pick him up? I mean, other teams will take a chance, but it's like that, that loyalty isn't really there. Like, it's like, what have you done for me lately? And these guys really are putting their bodies on the line. You know, everyone says, well, you're getting paid tons of money. No one knows how hard a professional practice is, basketball, football, all of these things. No one knows how hard it is. So when they go and work their daily jobs and they're like, well, this sucks. I'm in an office. You're sitting your ass down the whole time. Like, don't, you know, you're sitting there looking at a computer. I understand jobs are hard. It's completely different. Yeah. So don't like, like everyone as a fan thinks that they have the right to sit there and be like, well, I'm paying your salary and my job is tougher than yours. No, it's not. Their job is hard. Yes, they get reward from it. But at the same, it's tough. Like people go home. People look out this country. Everyone's overweight, and everyone's sitting there complaining and being like, "All oh, these guys, what a pretentious bunch of assholes!" It's like, dude, you're you weigh four hundred pounds. You sit in front of a computer. You go and work your ass out. See how hard it is. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it, it's just it's a it's because this is a passionate field. You know, it's a pa- fans are passionate about this and. It makes sense. It's and that's and that's how the leagues want it. They want people to be worked up and passionate about this stuff, and that's how that's how uh, they generate interest, and that's fine. But it's I think true. they're making their money. When thing when when things get to the level of burning jerseys, that's where I think you have to sit back and you have to have these types of conversations because that's just it's it's ridiculous, especially for a guy like that. That's not. You know, certain types of characters could stimulate certain types of reactions. Guys like Barkley or Odell Beckham or, you know, Chad Johnson, stuff like that makes sense. IT was not that kind of guy. I mean, so it's just, it's, it's also social media. I mean, it could have just been one idiot. And, and it probably was. And I mean, it's just one dope yeah. doing it. Like, you know, it's like when the Durant thing happened. I mean, everybody was doing it. It wasn't like just exactly. one person. That was like an OKC kind of yeah. thing. I think this could have just been one guy and the same video got thrown around all over the internet. Well, it's tough too, because can you imagine like, you know, given an analogy, working your whole entire life, you know, you've been working your ass off trying to work and build something at your company and you, you know, you're trying to get promotions and you, you know, especially he's doing like the last pick of the second round of the NBA draft. This guy's busted his ass and trying to make sure, make sure that he was one of the best. And now he's an actual bona fide NBA superstar. And he put this Boston Celtics team on his back and led them to this Eastern conference. It's like he was there trying his best to get this team. And then he gets traded and like you know, there's there's got there is passion there, and there is feelings. Like I mean, I used to read things that people wrote about me, and I try not to let it bother me. But you know, when you work your ass off for a company, and then that company is just like you know, two seconds later they get rid of you, and then people are like in your office are just like, yeah, he sucked. Good riddance. Like peace, burning your tie. Like it's just it's kind of ridiculous to think like that. But that's the same exact thing. Like, you're, you know, you're, these people do have, obviously they're making millions of dollars and they're like, well, cry your tears with your bags of money. 
I get it. But, dude, like, really, you're burning a jersey. Like, that's a personal attack. Like, if you're going to be – and that's the thing. Like, a lot of guys try to be make these personal attacks, and this whole Twitter, everyone telephone tough guy, like, you know, you're everyone's tough on the Internet. And then – but, like, if I, I would be pissed if someone burned my jersey. If I was Isaiah Thomas, I'd be like, dude, come find me. Fight me. Like, what are you, crazy? Like, how you're going to burn my jersey? Like, it's a personal attack against me. I just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. And I think just the internet well, is wrong. It's crazy. It's crazy. But, it's, listen, it's going to be exciting. I mean, TNT's first game uh, of the season is Celtics-Cavs. So, it's going to be – it's just going to be great. I just can't wait to see how LeBron and Thomas mesh with each other, how mm-hmm. – it's just going to be great. The the storylines are just tremendous here. So it's it's at the end of the day, it's all good for the NBA. I totally agree. That's gonna it's gonna be a good season. I think you know even when the teams shift, like it's still fun. I mean you you know you have a lot of different teams. It's not like baseball where teams suck for a long period of time. It's like every team can be good just by one, picking one guy up, yeah. and now everything you know the Sixers are coming back. It's just it's a it's a fun yeah, season. So what do you what do you think about? I mean, for our silly guys, like I, 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 the thing I've been hearing from a lot of people, and I think it's a, I'm unsure if this is a valid concern, but what Mm -hmm. I've been hearing from a lot of people is, you know, people are worried about Fultz. For some reason, people just do not have the confidence that he's going to be a bona fide, legit number one pick worthy kind of guy. What's your feeling on that? I, I, I agree. I think the Sixers, are, you know, it's, it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be exciting. But once that first game comes, it's real. So all of these guys, all of these things, you know, Nick Stauskas just came out and said the process is over, like now we have to win. And he's right because, like, you know, you, you, everyone's going to be like, okay, well, you give Fultz a year, you gave Simmons a year, you gave Embiid a year, you gave him, you know – I think a, a lot of people are thinking win now. And I think Fultz is probably in the toughest position because Ben Simmons, you know, it's like he got hurt and, you know, he's going to be great, but like he hasn't played yet. And I think like it's just, it almost Fultz is in a worse position than, than Ben Simmons because Fultz is the number one pick, you know, same with Simmons, but like, you know, Simmons gets hurt and you knew, you know, kind of what Simmons can do. Fultz, you're, everyone's just like, okay, what are you going to do? Especially with ball. Well, I think the- the funny thing is that the limitations of Simmons are mm-hmm. forcing people to give him a pass, which I think is unfair. It's like, oh, we knew Simmons can't hit a jump shot, and he's yeah. got to work on that. So, like, our expectations aren't ridiculous or sky high. For Fultz, I think people are just unsure, and I think it's, you know, partially where he went to college. You know, the exposure mm-hmm. that he got wasn't over the top for a number one worthy kind of guy but and I think it's the shadow of Lonzo you know the Lonzo ball thing is, is completely frustrating as well because that's people are confusing popularity with skill and I think Lonzo's skilled but is he really a better piece than a guy like Markel Fultz and I think well, the wish is and the hope and the expectation is that Fultz develops into like a Damian Damian Lillard. I mean, that would be, if that occurs, then the Sixers basically struck gold and Mm -hmm. you got, you made the right choice. Um, I just don't know if people, people are maybe overlooking that just because of 
the tremendous amount of storylines from this draft. And the, the Lonzo Ball <sighs> thing is the biggest thing. I think that's crazy. And I honestly, I got caught up in it because you know you get you know Lonzo, his dad. You're like, I'm not getting this this old. Like, look at his dad. Everything's crazy. You don't want him. Like, you don't stay away from him. Especially like you know Markel Fultz. But how much do we really know about Markel Fultz? you knew much more about Lonzo because he was the hype man. You know, his dad's out there. And his dad is, uh, you know, we'll talk about him on another show, but his dad is a genius. You know, I think he's smart. I think, you know, he, he's getting people to buy $500. And he, he's like, this is incredible. I'm getting people to buy, nine, you know, $500 shoes. It's crazy what is going on with this whole entire thing. And I think, you know, Lonzo – has the hype. And I think, you know, watching this for the first summer league game, I was like, good. Lonzo Ball sucks. We made the right choice. Fultz played better, outplayed him. And then the second game came and Lonzo was on point. And then the rest of the summer league, he was in, insane. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Messed I up think it's actually, if, if I have to place a bet, I really think that this is going to turn out to be one of those drafts where there's just multiple studs. I don't think it's going to be like Lonzo Ball was the only guy and was the right pick. I think Fultz, Ball, Tatum. I, I mean, I even think guys like Dennis Smith could really turn out to be the best player in the draft. And there's just going to be so many players that come from this year that are going to be superstars throughout their career. I, I really think this was a tremendously deep draft and – uh, I, I'm expecting. I mean, I'm expecting a lot from Fultz, but I, I think the Sixers are by far the most exciting team in Philly right now. I agree. I think they are the most exciting. To see, kind of watch them, watch them grow. But it's it's going to be scary because that could backfire really bad, especially if they start going and it's like, you know what, this isn't good. I think it could backfire really quick, and that's something that's a little scary, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, we're about to head out. The half hour is over. Just a quick show tonight, but uh, I'd like to thank Mike Davis for joining us and uh, talking a little sports. Again, we do the anti-sponsor thing, so don't buy stuff from Cherry Hill Dodge, Ram, and Chrysler <laughs> Jeep because, you know, they screwed me, and I'm sure thousands of other people read How the did they screw you? They like, you know, it's, they get the, they got me, they told me they didn't have the truck that I wanted. They did. Then they kept me there for eight hours. They took my keys. They tried to get me to buy something. I was like, no, I'm not buying that. They switched it around. They got in, brought another truck in. This truck didn't have any features that I wanted. And they like, they just like completely screwed with me for eight hours. I was starving. I was finally like, here, it's fine. And then I get in the truck and I'm like, this doesn't have any features. And they're like, sorry, you bought it. Bye. And I'm like, what in the world? Like this. So the truck that I went in there to get, then they advertised two weeks later, and they're like, hey, come get this truck for $10,000 less than I paid for the truck that I didn't even want. And I'm like, this is insane. So I think it's just a scummy situation that they were part of over there. Wow. Who was who was the salesman, LeVar Ball? It was. It was Le- LeVar came <laughs> in and was like, you know what? Here, here's $500 pair of shoes. And I'm like, I'm not buying those. Eight hours later, I had three pairs. And I was like, sounds good, uh. Sign me up. Well, you know it's you know what you might not really have to deal with that too much longer. Cause I bet in the next ten years you're probably going to be getting your car from Amazon. That's true. Maybe twenty. That's not ridiculous. Maybe twenty. The Amazon thing is scary. 
And I thought I was like, you know, because I said this before and, you know, all my ideas, I don't have the capital or anything to, to get them off the ground. And in North Carolina, they have beer services that deliver. And I always said, I was like, how great would it be if you're, you know, you have a, a business where like a liquor store where they're like, we deliver like a pizza place. And they're like, you know, what do you right. want? Well, and now you have on- things like Postmates and stuff. And you just, you know, you just in the city, people just use Postmates and or Uber what? Eats. And you just I don't even know what Postmates pay- are. What do they do? Oh, Postmates or Cash Credit. They're these uh, services that like literally you just like TaskRabbit, you can have anybody do anything, but Postmates is like just a delivery. It's like a, a fetch or a gopher person. You just like say, I want a burrito from Chipotle, and the person, you know, charges you for picking it up and delivering it. How much do they charge? Like, I don't think I've never used it, but I, I, people use it all the time. And Uber Eats basically eliminated a lot of the delivery services for a lot of local eateries so like for instance a pizza place that would normally have to pay someone on staff to you know be a delivery boy have the car reimburse for the gas all that kind of stuff they just threw that out the window and now basically you can just i guess partner your business with the postmates or uber eats and you have a delivery person that's like a slash uber driver it's kind of interesting See, that's, you know, that's the way to go. It's just a smart, you know, because I always said, like, the the smartest business people are just going and saying, like, what do people, what will make people lazier? Like, what will make people not have to actually move? Like, figure out if you can, like, that. my my thought process right now is to figure out if I were to lay on the ground for, or lay on my couch for four straight days. What would I need someone to do for me? And then if there's one thing that hasn't been thought of, then that's a billion-dollar idea. Like, how can I just sit there and do nothing? It's like that's what this whole world is about. How can I exercise without moving? Like, there's going to be machines that are going to pick you up without you actually moving and just move your body around where you're getting tired because your limbs are flailing, but you're not really doing anything. And suddenly everyone's going to be jacked and these robots are going to be, you know, moving you around and you don't even have to like really give any effort. I'm like, this is insane. I got to admit if, if that, if that was available, I'd get that. I, I, I don't, I'm not, not, I'm not even ashamed to say that you're already jacked, so you don't need it, but I, I need just, that. I was, it would just make my life easier, you know, just, just go and just be like, all right, you know, here, lift me over here and like put this weight over my head Make sure my muscles, like, even if you use 50% of your muscles or, like, 25% in the machines doing the rest, like, think about it. If you have a spotter, you're still getting stronger. So you would just do more reps of that. And, you know, 25% of, of energy that you're expelling versus 100%, you know, you're still going to get results, but you're not going to be working as hard. So you can sit there and watch TV while this thing, whole thing, like, robot thing does that. All right, that's my next dimension. I'm going to get on that right now. So that will be, uh, that's my that's, next. That's your next one. That's my next business. I, like I, mean, I don't know nothing about engineering, robots, or technology, so I should be on this pretty soon. But uh, if that becomes a million-dollar idea, I'm just letting everyone know I copyrighted it. I'm calling the copyright company. I'm going to call it. I don't know. I'll come up with a clever name right now. I'm not that smart to do it off the, off the whim of my uh, seat of my pants right now. But, Mike, thanks again for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for uh, coming in. Calling in and giving your insight. You know, Again, like I said, Mike Davis, Hank Davis, Mike Gould. Uh, Dave Hibbs, you know, Adam Bergen. We have a lot of people who are going to be guest hosting from time to time. 
I will be here every week, uh, usually on Thursday nights, to kind of talk sports, talk guy stuff, talk man stuff, and talk my new invention that's going to be sweeping the country in just uh, over two years. Mike, thanks again yeah, for gotta, calling. We got to get it. We got to get into some more like guy stuff and some. I like do that. Some of that. I like the guy stuff because that's that's what people want to hear. You know, people want to know what you know what real men think. So we need to find them and then tell them to call into the show and tell us what is uh, a real man supposed to think. I know. I mean, la- I have. I mean, I had a friend last night uh, write in a. Open, uh, opening lines for me on dating apps. I, I have a whole thing I can go into about that. I, I was I was shocked at how bad I am at doing that. And I got a friend who's just, I mean, it's like second nature. It's ridiculous. See, that's what that's the key right there. Yeah, that's next week. We're going to talk about that. So if you're listening right now and want to tune in next week, we will be definitely talking about dating apps and. Uh, you know, how do guys get girls, especially, you know, when you're older, like, you know, guys, I feel like once you hit your thirties and if you're not married, you know, how do you get a girl? Like, you know, you free, it's like, it's tough because it's like 40 year old version. You're just like, you're trying so hard now and everything just gets all, you know, crazy and then just becomes a mess. You got a head start if you're seven feet tall and look like you, I think. Right or no? I mean, I don't want to be speaking out of line here. One would think. But I think so. Oh, man, I wish. That would be nice. The seven feet tall thing does help. People are either intimidated or frightened or, you know, they look and they're just like, wow, you're really tall. It's, it's definitely, girls it's definitely... seem to be getting bigger. Like, I'm like five. I'm, like not, I'm not big, but I'm not short. I'm like 5'10". Like, yeah. Girls are getting big. I don't they know are. what's going on. It's crazy. It's well, crazy. The, I, mean, I mean, I don't I, mind it. I don't. I actually like it, but, you know, like, it would well, be Wonder nice Woman. if I was seven feet tall. Well, Wonder Woman came out, and now all of a sudden girls are huge. Well, it's, it's true. Like, it, it, does, it does break the ice. You know, you don't have to sit there and be like, come up with a line or something like that. You just walk through, and people are like, whoa, do you play basketball? And then it's like you go into your whole thing. Pretty soon you're knee-deep in a conversation, and it's like, wow, that was easy. So I definitely, but that would be, I love, I want to hear more about this dating app and, and, you know, getting into dating and, you know, as a, as a, as a college student and after college, you know, cause that's where really, really our focus demographic is the guys after college, the guys who are kind of getting to be dads and stuff like that. You know, what do they do? How do they proceed? And that was, that's what, uh, that's what we need to be talking about. But uh, Mike, yeah. thanks again for joining us. Thanks again. And we will uh, be back next week, uh, next Thursday on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, yeah, until then, guys, peace out, and uh, see you next time. Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it strong from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero needs the same music No one man to have